roughly one out of every 14 multifamily properties in the U.S. has seen occupancy rates drop by 5% or more over the last 12 months. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best of listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. And today we are going to talk about the 14 markets that have, as of this moment, fully recovered from the COVID-19 induced recession. So we're going to be pulling this information from Yardi Matrix. Each month they post a bulletin and this month, April, focused on the rent and Occupancy year-over-year changes for the country's biggest markets. Now, I highly recommend that you stay up to date on these various market reports. A lot of them are released on an annual basis. So they'll do an annual review and then they'll do a forecast of the coming year. Those ones are usually pretty detailed. Um, Some are very long. I know IRR does one. Marks and Millichap does one. I'm sure Yardy Matrix does one. If you use Google annual multifamily report for 2021, you'll find them. And there's also a lot that get released quarterly. There's ones that get released twice a year. Some are monthly. I know Yardy Matrix and the Fannie Mae, I believe, release monthly reports. And these are for the national level. They're market specific. These are really the best ways to stay up to date on what's going on. Because a lot of these companies have their own research divisions that are able to access data a lot faster than you can by looking at the census, for example. Plus, it's just a one-stop shop. It's a lot easier as opposed to having to go everywhere to pull the information. But Yachty Matrix does a really good job. And we're going to talk about their April 2021 bulletin today. So in that bulletin, they said, quote, roughly one out of every 14 multifamily properties in the U.S., has seen occupancy rates drop by 5% or more over the last 12 months. So 1 in 14 is approximately 7.3% of multifamily properties that were surveyed by Yardy Matrix experienced a drop of 5% or more in occupancy. And a smaller percentage, about 1 in 50, so 1.8%, experienced a 10% or more drop in the last 12 months. So essentially 
from the onset of the coronavirus pandemic. Well, obviously, this number is heavily skewed to the large urban areas. So, for example, New York City led the way where 32.6%, so essentially one in three properties, experienced a 5% or more decrease in occupancy. And then one in 10 or 9.8% experienced a 10% or more drop in occupancy. So that's huge, right? Going from 95% to 85%. And that's just the average in a sense. So some places dropped more than 10%, more than 5%. So that's kind of the downside. But we're here to focus on the good news, which are the markets that have a positive year-over-year occupancy growth and year-over-year rent growth. So overall, when you look at the national multifamily occupancy, it's down 0.2% year-over-year. So nationally, the occupancy rate has yet to recover. And because of these large urban areas, obviously having a large number of properties relative to other areas, and they're so far off from the pre-pandemic levels, Yardy Matrix is predicting that the national occupancy will not get back to pre-pandemic levels until at least Q2 of 2024. So three years for the entire nation to recover. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. And remember to mention the Best Ever Podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Now, out of whole, the national rents have already recovered. So that's really good news. So national rents are now 0.6% greater today than they were pre-pandemic. So we've done a few episodes talking about some of the best markets for rent and growth in 2020. So obviously, some markets outperformed the national average. Other ones, uh, rents dropped by a lot. But on average now, rents have returned to pre-pandemic levels. 0.6% rent growth is not 3 to 5 plus percent we've seen in the past, but still 
better than the negative number we've experienced in 2020. Now, in the Yardy Matrix Bulletin, they listed off all of the top markets, and they referenced whether or not they recovered or not. So what was the year-over-year occupancy rate growth? What was the year-over-year rent growth, or I guess rent change, occupancy change? And then if it had not recovered yet, then they had their prediction of when it would recover. And so on that list, there's 14 metros that had both occupancy levels and rent levels above pre-pandemic levels. This is either because they've fully recovered or they weren't impacted and they always had a positive occupancy growth. I didn't really take that into account. All I did is, okay, what are the markets that are seeing higher rents and higher occupancy today than the same time last year, right at the onset of the pandemic? So these aren't in any order. These are just the 14 markets. And I'll mention the changes in occupancy and rents as well. So number one is Raleigh, North Carolina. So this has been pretty frequently on the top 10 top whatever market lists we've been doing as education school is Raleigh, North Carolina. So the occupancy change year over year is 0.1%. Rent change year over year is 0.5%. So nothing crazy, but Raleigh is still a pretty big market. So that's good to see. Portland is another big market with an occupancy change year over year of 0.3% and then a rent change of 1.7% year over year. Another market that is very frequently on the top list is Phoenix, Arizona. So Phoenix, Arizona has an occupancy change of 0.4%, but the rent change is very significant of 6.9%. So rents have grown by 7% in Phoenix, Arizona, since the onset of the pandemic. Number four is Denver, Colorado. Occupancy change year over year is close to zero, but it is positive. It's 0.0 something percent. And then rent change year over year is 0.4%. So again, not significant, but still it's recovered. Number five, we have Indianapolis, Indiana. Occupancy change year over year, 0.6%. Rent change year over year, very high at 3.9%. This one kind of surprised me. Number six is Philadelphia. All right, so Philadelphia is a pretty big city and the Northeast area around New York City. And New York City has done horribly, so maybe that's why Philadelphia is doing a little bit better. But we've got a year over year of 0.2% for occupancy and then a rent change of 3.4% year over year. Another place in the Northeast is Baltimore, Maryland, with a occupancy year-over-year change of 0.9% and a rent change year-over-year of 3.8%. Next, we have Orange County and then Sacramento. Those are both on the West Coast. These are also frequently on these top 10 market lists. So Orange County, 0.3% occupancy change, and then rent change is 1%. Sacramento, 1.1% occupancy, and then 7.3% for rent. So one of the, the highest on the list so far. Number 10, Las Vegas has basically been on every single top list since the onset of the pandemic. We've got an occupancy year-over-year change of 1.4%, and then a rent change year-over-year of 6.1%. Atlanta, Georgia, which I'm not necessarily sure... I don't think this has been on a lot of top 10 lists, but it does have, of the large markets, a high year-over-year change for rent of 4.7%. So fourth highest on this list, I think. And an occupancy change year-over-year of 1.1%. Number 12 is Tampa, Florida. Consistently on these top 10 lists, occupancy year-over-year change of 0.9%, rent change of 5%. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. 
Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group of eight to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at BEC2022.com. That's BEC2022.com. We've got Charlotte, North Carolina. It's another place in North Carolina. In addition to Raleigh, with the occupancy change year-over-year of 0.5% and then a rent change year-over-year of 2.7%. And then lastly, Inland Empire, which I believe is the highest rent growth year-over-year on this list of 8.3%. And then occupancy change year over year of 2.2%. So from my research and the show we've done before, talking about the rent changes, occupancy changes because of the pandemic, what you see is the really big, popular San Francisco, New York type areas are doing really bad. And then the markets around those are doing really well. <laughs> so people are basically leaving those massive urban areas and moving out to maybe smaller urban cities or to these suburb areas like Orange County and then the Inland Empire, San Francisco, for example, or maybe even moving all the way to Las Vegas, Nevada, for example. So a couple of other markets on this list to note that I didn't mention, because technically they haven't fully recovered as of the report at least, but Dallas, Texas is one of these markets, so their rents have fully recovered. And then the occupancy is almost fully recovered. They projected it recovering in Q2 of this year. So basically at some point during the next couple of months. So in a sense, Dallas is already fully recovered. I and mean, Houston also kind of falls in the same boat. Rents and occupancy are still below pre-pandemic levels, but they're expected to fully recover by the end of 2021. And then these next cities are kind of ones that aren't such good news. So the Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Minnesota, Nashville, Tennessee, and then Kansas City. Rents have fully recovered, but occupancy is not expected to fully recover for at least a few years. So the Yardy Matrix doesn't think that the occupancy in the Twin Cities will recover for at least five plus years, so 2026 or later. For Nashville, it's Q4 of 2023, so about two and a half years. And then for Kansas City, they have Q4 of 2024, so about three and a half years. Um, So I guess partially bad news, partially good news. And then the big major markets, New York, San Jose, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Orlando. Occupancy is not expected to fully recover there for more than five years, if ever. So the animation is basically saying like, hey, we don't know (laughs) when occupancy is going to fully recover in these markets. So again, the reason why I like talking about this timely current event type of top market list is because it's good to see which markets have been in demand over the past year or so, because that's an indication that since they did really well during this recession, they're pretty strong markets. And you're going to be able to get ahead of that demand by either doubling down in those markets or transitioning and diversifying into those markets. So really quickly, just to summarize that list again, we've got Raleigh, North Carolina, Portland, Oregon, Phoenix, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Orange County, California, Sacramento, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Tampa, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Inland Empire, California, all have a positive year-over-year occupancy change and a positive year-over-year rent change. Dallas basically has the exact same thing. It'll be recovered at some point in the next couple of months. Houston will be fully recovered by the end of the year. 
And then Twin Cities, Nashville, Kansas City. Rams are fully recovered, but occupancy is a little lagging behind. And then New York, San Jose, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Orlando. Occupancy might not ever recover in those areas, or at least not for the next five years or so. So again, this is from the Yardy Matrix April 2021 bulletin. So if you just go to Yardy Matrix and check out their publications, you can download that full paper. Make sure, again, you go to these places every month. These episodes seem to be doing very well, so we might be doing more of these market-related episodes in the future. I know people really like the ones we've done in the past, but just in case, again, make sure you bookmark all these different commercial real estate reports because they're jam-packed with great information that you really can't get anywhere else on your own. So that will conclude this episode. The 14 markets that have fully recovered from the COVID-19-induced recession. Make sure you check out our other Syndication School episodes at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.